Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Where do you see your career in 10 years? What are you doing now to help you get there? The sooner you start enhancing your skills, the sooner you'll be ready. That's why AARP has reskilling courses in a variety of categories like marketing and management to help your income live as long as you do. That's right. AARP has a bevy of free skill building courses for you to choose from because the steps that you choose to take today will help you to love what you do in the future. And that's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org skills. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today, of course, we're going to be discussing the new student loan forgiveness reality. We're going to also talk about expensive offspring and DIY coffins. All right, man, we got a lot to cover today. Obviously, some important news that went uh, went out this week that affects probably a whole lot of How to Money listeners. That's right. We'll um, definitely spend a good bit of time on that because there's a lot of nuance to what happened with, with student loan forgiveness. But before we get to that, I wanted to mention that uh, your girls and my girls, they have to wear uh, uniforms That's to school right. these days, right? Mm-hmm. All the kids at your school. It's not just the girls. It's just that your girls are at a school where the, your girls are old enough. My girls are old enough. Our, Our young boys are not yet. are not yet yeah. in real school. So they yeah. still look like scrubs. The boys at the school. <laughs> <laughs> when they go to school. <laughs> they totally do. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Whereas our the, girls look nice and cute because the they got pic- this uniform on. We see, we see the pictures of them. They got like food all over their faces. Their shirts are like <laughs> untucked and girls look like they know what's going on. Can I just say, as a parent, it's the greatest thing that ever happened, having school uniforms, because oh, there's so much less fighting about what they wear before they all, go off to school. All for the dang thing. I mean, a, a couple years ago, we started having the girls lay out their outfits the night before. Uh-huh. That was helpful. But even still, you would still kind of get into some of those arguments even then. Didn't fix the problem e- Even the, not, the night before. So it made it slightly less stressful mm-hmm. because at least we're taking care of this. At least not, not right before you're trying to rush out the door to school. Yeah. But it, did, it didn't completely solve the problem. And, and school uniforms. I'm totally for it. They're typically not 
not terribly expensive unless sometimes the school requires a particular name brand or a specific mm-hmm. sort of uniform, right? Yep. But uh, I just wanted to mention that our, our PTA had like a used school uniform sale and you could get, I think, tops for two bucks and bottoms for three dollars, something oh, like that. Awesome. Insanely cheap. And so we stocked up and the next time they have one of those sales, my girls will be bigger by then, and so we'll stock up again. But these are the kind of things, man, that, that uh, frugal folks like us try, take advantage of because they can represent a big savings. And you're just like reusing something, right? Instead Absolutely. of letting that go in the trash. And sometimes, well, how did the there's some nice there's some nice stuff, like nicer than what we would have bought new, sure. <laughs> uh, as well. Yeah. Well, so how did the the PTA get it? Is just is this from the lost and found I, from the previous year? I think it's lost and found. Yeah. I think it's donations from other families who are like, hey, we've got a kid graduating or, or we're leaving the school or it, it's it's different people who are donating old uniforms too. Yeah, our, our school did something similar to that. I think what they did with uh, the Lost and Found from the previous year is they basically kept some of those uniforms on hand for families who might be in a position where they're struggling a little bit where they could potentially get those uniforms for, for absolutely free. Nice. But uh, but yeah, getting these things used, man, that's totally the way to go because I mean, we've got three girls now and it's a lot of uniforms. <laughs> yeah, I mean three times five, you know, like are we actually going to have 15 different sets of of uniforms and ideally yeah we, we wouldn't have to do laundry except for once on the weekends but uh we're kind of like you know what let's maybe hold off until the next sale the next time we come mm-hmm. across a bunch of uniforms uh that someone's trying to unload for cheap because it's like it's something like 90 percent off uh or 80 percent off versus what you pay on the oh, store yeah. rack sometimes oh, yeah. getting those things used which is which is a pretty sweet deal and by the way this is not a private school, in case people are wondering. These are these are both public schools. Yep, public schools. But uh, sometimes the public schools require uniforms, and I like it. Again, I like it too from a hassle at home standpoint, but also just while the kids are in, in school, I am all for freedom of expression for kids to be able to express themselves through what they wear and stuff like that. But it, within two of Matt's kids have neck tattoos, so <laughs> there's that. Dodd is working on getting some uh, eye dro- uh, teardrop tattoos on her face for okay. every you know. She's pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> True. No, but I think it does help. I think it can help within that educational environment as yeah. well when it comes to learning. Agreed. All right. Well, while we're talking about education, let's let's get on to the Friday flight. Let's get to the on that note. most impactful story of this mm-hmm. week for at least for folks in our audience. And that is about the student loan forgiveness that just took place. President Biden announced an executive action on Wednesday afternoon about student loans. And I don't know about you. I was like hitting refresh, Matt. I was like, what's going to happen? I, I'd kind of seen a couple of different outlets report what might happen. Yep. But there, uh, there are rumblings. Folks knew it was going to be going down. Yep. It has happened. So a couple leaks here and there, but I wanted to know like right when it hits and not because I have any skin in the game. I fortunately don't have any student loans anymore. But if you, uh, dear listener, if you have student loans hanging around and you haven't heard <laughs> about what happened this week at this point, I'd be shocked. But there's just a lot of information to cover and you might not be familiar with all the details. So that's what we want to kind of get into today. Uh, the, the big news is that in a $300 billion push, that's how much it's in all likelihood going to cost taxpayers, all individual federal student loan borrowers with an AGI, an adjusted gross income, below $125,000 or $250,000 as a married couple are going to receive $10,000 of forgiveness for uh, for their student loans. And interestingly enough, Parent PLUS loans are included as well, Matt, but private student loans, no. If you refinanced into private student loans, there is no forgiveness for, for you if you have those private loans. And uh, in addition to that, folks who had Pell Grants, 
which typically go to lower income borrowers, they, they're eligible for an extra $10,000 of forgiveness. So when you kind of uh, step back out, take the big view, something like 15 million people just had their entire student loan amount wiped out. And even besides that, it's a, it's obviously a huge financial relief for tens of millions of other folks too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is great news for all of those folks. And I promise I'm not uh, being a Debbie Downer here. I know there are a lot of folks who are like rejoicing, <laughs> you know, who have had some of their student loans uh, forgiven, potentially all of their student loans wiped out. But the reality is this announcement, it, it's sort of akin to treating symptoms, not the root of what we think is a much larger problem. Yeah, it's like putting Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. Yeah, it's like, exactly. Yeah, the bleeding the, will continue. The cost of college, it's been rising far faster than the rate of inflation for decades. And just forgiving a boatload of the debt that individuals currently hold, it does nothing to address that. Uh, and case in point, friend of the show, Ron Lieber from The Times, he just wrote about colleges producing graduates that make far less money than their counterparts who only have a high school degree. And this is even after years of being in the workforce where you know you've had time to get acclimated. Yeah, sometimes to that be first on job, the job, those first couple of years after graduating college, you might still be on par with high school graduate counterparts. But you should quickly see your six, salary, eight, ten your years income increase. In, yeah, you you should it's, you should be making far that's more. Crazy. Yeah. So I mean, talk about being behind the eight ball. You know, taking on debt without superior job prospects because of an inferior higher education. This is a real problem. Going to college, it really is a great choice for some folks, but not for everyone. Uh, we all need to do a better job thinking through the, the value proposition of a degree before blindly encouraging folks to pursue getting one. We all need to ask the question, you know, will the time, will the money that we are willing to spend equal higher, uh, a higher salary down the road? Yeah, and what's the trade-off? I feel like we asked yeah, what's the everything else And unfortunately, this forgiveness, I feel like, isn't going to encourage folks to do that because there's always that sort of thought in the back of your mind of like, oh, well, there's a chance that something might happen with it. And, well, and it also incentivizes colleges to do absolutely nothing when it comes to what they're charging. Sure. And yeah, there's the, no the, instu- institutional reform or kind of soul searching <laughs> when it comes to what these colleges yeah. are providing. And you mentioned that the inflation rate of, of a higher education has outpaced basically everything else in recent decades. And that is true. And that will continue to be the case if these are the kind of policy measures that we're taking. But let's let's actually talk a little bit more about what happens in, inside of the student loan forgiveness announcement, Matt, because one question some folks might have is, are there tax implications to this forgiveness? Because sometimes there are, right? Uh, if you're if you're you have debt forgiven, oftentimes you're you you owe tax on the amount that was forgiven, but that is not going to be the case with this. You will not incur any tax burden on this forgiveness amount. And and actually, there's there's even more in this announcement because in addition to this headline forgiveness amount, the student loan payment pause has been extended through the end of the year. So mm-hmm. payments will now maybe uh, potentially perhaps uh, begin in January. It's been... That's what, that's what Biden says. Push this back is and the push final back. extension. That's I'll, has been said multiple times. I'll we'll believe see. it when I see it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if that happens. But in all likelihood... I do believe that January payments are going to restart. And so How to Money listeners should be prepared for the to resume those payments come the new year. Uh, the, the White House also announced new repayment plans that are going to cap your monthly payment at 5% of your discretionary monthly income, down from 10% under the previous plans. Mm-hmm. This is probably my favorite thing, actually, yeah. uh, in the program, because there was like an alphabet soup of income-based repayment plans before, and now this is going to be the slam dunk uh, repayment plan that's best for almost everyone. It's just going to be easier for people to understand how it works. And instead of forgiveness after 20 years of on-time payments, uh, folks are going to be able to have their loans eradicated after just 10 under this plan. And so, yeah, th- there's a lot of details in this forgiveness 
forgiveness action. And we'll link to the page on studentaid.gov. And, and we'll actually cover more of this in our newsletter on Tuesday because because there was more than just meets the eye in a, in a $10,000 blanket forgiveness. Like there, there was a lot of moving parts yep. in this announcement. And so we'll do our best to, to kind of cover it all. That's right. But overall, this is great news for all of the student loan borrowers out there who are paying down that debt. Joel, let's go ahead and shift gears. Let's talk about TV. Uh, We saw that there's new data from Nielsen uh, that shows that streaming has finally overtaken cable in terms of hours spent watching TV for the first time. Uh, And what this tells me is that there are way more people who love cable than I realized because <laughs> like I would have said that this ha- would have happened years ago the yeah. fact that there were still that many up until recently up until I guess last quarter or last month uh, there were still more people watching cable than there were uh, watching streaming it's services. partly a demographics it's thing right mind-blowing there's there's still a lot of 50 60 70 something yeah. Uh, people yeah, I guess so there, and they have kind of stuck with not all of them right but a, a much larger percentage of those folks have stuck with cable they haven't really made the leap or maybe they've added Netflix into their life but they didn't cut slowly the they've yeah maybe they, they, they are slowly kind of making that transition, making that switch. Like what I want to know is like, what are they watching? What content is out there that you can't get it more affordably on one of the streaming well, services? Well, hey, you know? CNN Plus is no longer around, my friend. So the, the only <laughs> way to get your CNN fix is to is to have a cable subscription. But they're canceling their shows anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, and, but one of the other things we saw as well was that a, a lot of streaming services are upping their monthly subscription prices. Disney, they announced a price increase of 38% just over a week ago now. And so unless, you know, you want to watch ads while streaming Bluey, uh, you're going to have to pay that increased rate. That's going to be the only way uh, to keep your current monthly price of $7.99. By the way, Bluey season three is out and it is phenomenal. So oh, yeah. It's 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 better than all the other ones. If you have kids and even if you don't have kids, <laughs> it's, it's, okay. it's like the best cartoon in the world, I think, right now. It's pretty great. And Netflix, they're still likely to raise its subscription price as it introduces an ad supported tier. Uh, which makes sense. You know, like some of these streaming companies, they're spending huge amounts of money on new content that ends up living only behind their paywalls. Uh, we, we actually, we literally just covered this on the podcast uh, recently. Episode 542, uh, we talked about streaming and we offered a lot of remedies to the problem of these increased streaming costs. But one of these considerations that needs to be on the table for money conscious folks out there is to consider eliminating at least one or or two of these streaming services from your life if there are ways that you can be a little more choosy with the content that you are consuming that is what we're going to recommend plus just watching less tv uh, generally speaking yeah when we did that episode what what was it something like close to four hours a day the average american watches of tv how it's how it's a hobby basically (laughs) i mean uh, when you consider sleeping hours and tv hours that's half your life right there it's insane that we spend that much time in front of the television some people more than that because that's the average right Mm. so yeah watching less tv in general sedentary basically like that's the other part is that if you're on a treadmill watching tv that's a different story but like like, what is it i guarantee it's just a tiny tiny sliver of those people who are actually walking on a treadmill while watching tv but i had a friend that did that just sitting there I think it's a perfect way to re- reward yourself. If you are yeah. going to get on the treadmill or something and, and you are going to work out while watching TV, go for it. Like I like to listen to podcasts or music when I'm working out, but it's uh, it, it, I think that's a reasonable choice. Totally. But if you're... Yeah, Kate's dad does that. Just on the couch. He gets on the elliptical and uh, he watches a movie while he just like plugs away for there like an go. hour and a half. I like it. <laughs> Nicely done, Greg. All yeah. right. Well, uh, <laughs> l- l- one more thing, Matt, that we should mention specifically when it comes to watching content is if you prefer to watch 
movies, but then you prefer to watch them in the theater, there's actually a chance you're going to be able to spend less money doing that in the near future because MoviePass, I don't know, you remember that startup, MoviePass? I, I do. I never joined it because I never really go watch movies in the theater, but it's coming back from the dead. It's like a zombie company that's <laughs> coming back to life and it's set to relaunch in just over a week. And uh, yeah, we have no idea how long MoviePass is going to last this time because their business model last time around was awesome for consumers, but not so great for MoviePass uh, continuing to exist <laughs> because they were offering one free movie every day for a monthly fee of nine ninety five. which I don't know where you go see movies, but that's less than the price of going to see one movie uh, where, out where we live. theater here. Yeah, yeah that's a, like $13, $14, $15. That is totally a steal. For a movie ticket. So this was less than that, and you can go see a bunch of movies. It just wasn't sustainable. Um, and since the movie pass collapsed, a lot of major movie chains have kind of launched their own flat fee multiple movie initiatives. So maybe movie pass isn't going to be as good of a deal, but they're uh, apparently set to relaunch with different tiers of 10, 20, and 30 bucks. So I don't know if movies are your thing and you want to pay less money. We don't know the specifics yet, but MoviePass might be your jam. That's right. Yeah, just do the math and it might make a lot of sense for you. It might make fiscal sense for you to do that. And this advice is coming right after we told you to, to consume less, less TV. Yeah, but yeah. like going to the actual movie, in my mind, is more of an experience. Yeah. You definitely have to get off your butt. got to get off the couch. Maybe you could ride your bike to oh, the movie theater. Uh, <laughs> that way you're not wasting any gas. You get a little bit of exercise. You meet up with some friends there. To me, that sounds like a lot of fun. Also, I think going to the movie theater every single day just because you have that movie pass because you got that membership uh, sounds very time consuming you know like like this is a young person's game maybe the wouldn't you get tired of movies after a while too wouldn't you just be like oh, I gotta go well, again just enough... get my money's worth <laughs> just to make it where it's if 50 I, dude, cents a if movie if I did have movie pass I guarantee that I'm going to see every single movie yeah. that comes out you just because force yourself yeah uh, in the same <laughs> even way even the crappy ones it's it, a sunk cost fallacy it's sort of, it, well it's, it's sort of like leftovers if there are leftovers in my fridge even if it's not something I'm super excited about you know what we already paid for that thing it still provides calories and nourishment and nutrition to my body I'm going to eat it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I've got kids now. And so going to the movie theater isn't something I've done in a long, long time. Uh, kids take up a lot of time. They also cost a lot of money. And that is actually a story we're going to get to right after this break. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Jill, I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about. Getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of. But it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000 
25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust and Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. And now a word from the show sponsors at Betterment. No matter how hard of a worker you are, you probably like to kick back, relax, and just chill every now and then. But if you're an investor, that's the last thing you want your money to be doing. You want it to be out there working hard and kicking butt. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Betterment's automated technology gives you advanced tools that are built to help maximize returns. We're talking tools like diversified expert-built portfolios of low-cost ETFs. Keeping those expense ratios low is key to seeing your investments compound over the years and decades. A high-yield cash account where your money can earn 11 times the national average. Listeners know that they need to have an emergency fund set aside for those completely unforeseen expenses. A high-yield cash account is the perfect place to park that money in automated investing technology like automated rebalancing. That way, if certain industries are, say, growing like crazy, your portfolio, it stays on track. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. All right, Matt, it's time now to talk about expensive children. This is the the ludicrous headline of the week. And apparently, it now costs $300,000 to raise a child. This this headline was based on analysis from the Brookings Institution. And when I read it, I almost uh, pooped in my pants because <laughs> I was like, I've got three children. Don't soil yourself. It's going to cost me a million dollars, right? <laughs> if When you add those those numbers up. 1.2, baby. Right. Well, yeah, for you, exactly. <laughs> when the average middle class couple is going to spend more than $310,000 on a child, 
just raising them up until the age of 17. So yes, this number crazy. does not include the cost of college mm-hmm. in addition to you know, the, the cost of raising them. That's that's an average annual cost of more than $18,000 per kiddo. That's basically, a, it's a mortgage payment Yeah, every single month. And yeah, if you have a few, we were talking about uh, a, a luxury penthouse or something like that, but <laughs> you don't get the sweet pool to swim in. You just get the nope. love and affection. Uh, but of course, inflation has adjusted this this number upwards significantly over the past couple of years, raising the cost of everything from diapers to groceries. And Matt, I'm, I'm sure how much it costs to raise kids is largely dependent on where people live and just a slew of other factors that a lot of us are actually largely in control of. We see this headline number and maybe it feels disempowering, but I kind of thought about it differently. Uh, I think um, so many of the things like whether it's just small ticket expenses, like uh, buying name brand snacks, or if you're going to get those used school uniforms instead of the brand new ones, yeah, boy. you know, all, all the way up to bigger expenses, like the kind of camps that you're sending your kids to, or if you buy them a car, or if you're choosing to live in a smaller house and, and letting them sleep in the same room, like those are decisions you can make that will greatly lessen the amount of money that you're going to personally spend raising kids. You obviously, you got to feed them, but I think our suggestion would be to take that three $300,000 number with a grain of salt. There are things that you can do to ensure that opting to have children isn't going to set you back to that extent. I think people might read that, especially if they're like, I'm on the fence about whether I want to have children. They'll read that and they'll be like, nope. And that would discourage them, yeah. basically. And I don't think yeah. that's good because I think... Um, well, one, it's not good for our society. It's not good for our country when it, it comes to uh, maintaining that replacement rate. And, and ultimately, we would say that kids um, are well worth every single dollar you spend. Sure. You don't yep. have to spend as much as this Brookings Institute uh, study says you're going to have to spend. There are a lot of ways for you to curb curb that cost. And either way, man, it's worth having kids, no matter yeah. what. Well, and it's, it's a personal decision that you need to make, right? I mean, like, yes, you need to be wise and prudent and look at the numbers and to do some forecasting and think about what your life is going to look like were you to have kids and if you can afford it. We are all about potential parents being responsible, right? When it comes to like crunching the numbers. But simultaneously, it's not just financial reasons that you do or don't have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all of the different planners out there, and perhaps maybe folks who listen to How to Money, what I want you to hear is that you will not perfectly be able to plan out what it's going to look like to have kids. Um, you might think, okay, well, maybe next year, or, or you know what, we need to have this figured out and this figured out. Whereas in reality, being a parent, man, like a lot of times you're just winging it. Uh, not only from a, how do I teach my kids how to stop doing this <laughs> or get them to stop doing this? How do I teach them to be a respectful kid? But also when it comes to the finances of what it costs to have a kid, you don't necessarily have to have everything planned out, uh, but you will quickly find that you would do pretty much anything in order to provide for your kids, for your family. And so in that sense, a lot of times you're not just flying by the seat of your pants. You're literally putting the plane together as you're flying it because you know you have to. Uh, but like you said, Joel, like I, I don't want that to be discouraging for for potential parents to hear and think, oh, this is way too much money. This is not a part of my financial plan. This is going to derail me from achieving fire in five years. Therefore, I'm not going to have kids. Hopefully folks are out there and they're thinking about it uh, from a much more holistic standpoint. All right, Matt. So hopefully we've convinced everybody out there to have at least a kid, maybe a couple more if you're uh, if you're unsure. Because even though they cost a lot of money, they bring a lot of joy. Yeah, if you're unsure, just have three or four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. give it a go. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? Uh, let's talk about uh, libraries for a second, Matt. Because if you're not using your local library, then you should rethink whether you're actually a frugal person or not. Like you, uh, you might be screwing up on this one. <laughs> you're gonna have your frugal license revoked <laughs> exactly. if, uh, <laughs> if you're not taking. Get it over apart. here. We're gonna take it away from you. Going to the library, man. You gotta we, do that. We've actually had a few guests come on the show, Matt, and and they've actually said that their splurge 
is books, right? We all always want to know what's your craft beer equivalent? What is it that you're spending money mm-hmm. on while you're saving and investing for the future? And a lot of them do say, well, I just buy whatever book I want uh, because knowledge is important. And I'm like, good, I can totally get behind that. I know what you're saying, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I sure hope you're you're not doing that at the expense of not using what's available to you for free at the library. Sure. Um, and, and sometimes I buy books, especially used on eBay, especially um, if it's one I want to keep or if it's one I want to read right away, where there's like a six month wait on the Libby app. Um, right. But, yeah. but the reality is that your local library system is an incredible resource. And the New York Post just ran an article about Overdrive, which is the company behind the Libby app, where you can go get free ebooks and audiobooks from your local library and that app has been crushing it basically since the pandemic began when more folks started getting their library content via one of those apps they started getting the the digital books instead of getting the physical ones Mm -hmm. sadly for libraries though matt i didn't realize how bad this problem was digital copies are a lot more expensive than the physical ones and the wait times can be weeks or months long to grab the digital copy of the book you want. Like I've literally been waiting for some books for like nine months. And so I guess I would just say this, plan accordingly when you're getting digital copies. I kind of like to line things up based on the wait time. So I'm like always getting fed a book within a reasonable amount of time, mm-hmm. but you can't always plan it perfectly. And you know, just I wanted to use this as an excuse to plan the free content that's at all of our fingertips. If you're looking to maybe stream less, like we were talking about earlier, oh, yeah. reading more is a great way to accomplish that. And there's a way to do it for free or, or for super cheap. Sure. Well, I'll push back a little bit because you said that this is a free resource, but I'll point out that it's not, it feels like it's free, uh, but this is a resource that we have already paid for through our property taxes, through our, our local and state taxes. That is what funds libraries. And so again, I don't want to be like the the super tax heavy Debbie Downer realist guy during this episode, but I think like it could even potentially be more helpful to think about the library that way. It's not just this free resource that's available. Uh, this is something that you have paid for, and if you don't go there and take advantage of it, in that case, you're just flushing money down the toilet. It's kind of like signing up for Movie Pass and not going to see and a not, single movie. Exactly. It's like why would you, why would you do that? You would waste. not do that. And you're already paying for the library, so go take advantage. So maybe this is the mindset shift that might help you to visit your local library, at least even through uh, the Libby app. Uh, Joel, let's talk about Social Security. That is a topic we talked about last week, along with Parent Plus loans, how it's affecting uh, the older generations. So let's dig into another topic affecting some of our older listeners, hearing aids, uh, the FDA. What's that you say, Matt? (laughs) Somehow, deep down, I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) But the the, the The FDA... dad jokes are strong with me. uh, They regulated the sale of hearing aids for decades, uh, and they have not allowed for them to be sold over the counter. And so that means that hearing aids, they have been needlessly antiquated and expensive for millions of older adults. And so the good news, though, is that the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, they just gave the green light for lots of hearing aids to be sold over the counter, uh, and that means that prices, that they're bound to come down. Uh, and it's likely to happen pretty quickly. Hopefully, maybe we'll even see some innovation and uh, maybe we'll even see some superior products come on the market. Uh, and so instead of thousands of dollars for your average uh, pair of, of hearing aids in the coming years, you know, we can see folks being able to get comparable quality hearing aids for just you know hundreds of dollars rather than thousands. But that being said, even now you can, I mean, you can get hearing aids for like a hundred bucks. Maybe the quality isn't that good, but no, this is one of those. It, there's a huge discrepancy between oh, the, hearing as, aids as that cost hundred bucks. Oh, oh yeah. really? Oh okay. yeah. No, if you want the good hearing Never aids, tried them out, so they're thousands know. of bucks. And yeah, well, we're not even anywhere close to, to needing them at, fortunately, but uh, at least that we know of. But th- this is one of those things where the, the if you cheap out, it's going to be an inferior product. And when it's one of those things where it's 
pretty so necessary. If we're still doing the show in, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years, yeah. well, that'll be a frugal or cheap that we get to. Like, All right, Joel, I'm trying out the $100, $100 hearing aids. Yeah. Well, this is good news because it's an industry <laughs> that's kind of been behind lock and key. And if you're going to be able to kind of shop around and just like you would for a whole lot of other electronic items, it, now that you're going to be able to do that with hearing aids, it's going to bring the cost down and allow more people to get a product that's necessary for them to be able to like live a meaningful life, like to be sure. able to hear their loved ones. Oh, yeah. But and not pay just a ridiculous amount of money to do so. Like it probably would be uh, a cheap move to, like you said, not be able to hear your loved ones because I know I've read stories where with the onset of hearing loss, the the likelihood of dementia increases significantly uh, in older generations. So it's not something you want to mess around with. And another story that affects the oldest among us, as well as the, the younger unlucky ones, People are opting to make their own coffins, uh, like we teased to at the beginning of this episode. And we're not talking about starting from scratch. There are DIY coffin kits that you can now buy in order to save a chunk of money, uh, because coffins are uh, they're not all that cheap. Costco, uh, I feel like they've probably got some of the more affordable coffins out there. But even still, they're pretty expensive. They're like at least fifteen hundred bucks. They don't sell the base model. They don't sell like like the straight pine one. Once Aldi starts selling coffins, then we might be able to get that sub thousand dollar range. Uh, but the, the DIY kits they can cost half as much, around eight hundred bucks. But even still, man, I feel like that is a lot of money for something that. In my opinion, I'm like, you know what? I'm still going, thinking about going the, the cremation route. Still cheaper. It's still going to be much more affordable because, yeah, even still, you're, like you're looking at hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a coffin. And especially, which, in my opinion, it doesn't it doesn't make any difference. Especially when you shop around for that cremation, right? And we've talked about that before on the show that sites like Funeralocity allows you to kind of shop around for your burial or cremation services, That's right? And a lot of people pay way too much for that. Uh, and Funeralocity is doing a great service in helping people be able to save money on something thing that you kind of you often don't have a lot of time to plan for the cost of that and so it's a great site to kind of look at to see uh, in your area where you can go which what, what funeral homes charge like you're gonna be able to see the price front and center before you make a decision in the heat of the moment totally but yeah Matt, enough about death let's talk about disc golf for a second let's make a, a nice little pivot here you got an endorsement my you, one of my you, favorite sports you would like your ashes scattered on a disc golf course that's exactly right right yes. honestly i'd be cool with that <laughs> uh and th- there was a ringing endorsement of disc golf from the new York Times this week. And it's not it's not that we need the gray lady's opinion on disc golf. I don't need to hear their stamp of approval to know that it's awesome. The gray lady, by the way, that's the, the nickname for, um, the for the New York Times. But it's fun to see one of the best sports in existence get some love out there, get some major publication love. It's, it's not as hot as pickleball. I've seen a lot more headlines about that uh, recently. But if you don't do anything else this weekend, we would say buy a disc or two. You can get them used at Play It Against Sports if you've got one in your area or maybe on Facebook Marketplace. But yeah, find a course near you and go throw some discs. We'll, uh, we'll actually link to the PDGA, Professional Disc Golf Association, course directory on our website so you can find a course near you. It's free. It's fun. It gets you out in nature. Like there's just... Not many better weekend activities than going to play around a disc golf, I don't think. Yeah, especially as the temperatures are starting to cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Maybe you and I, we should go sometime. Let's go. Sometime soon. I miss it. You want to go today? Out there. Uh, okay, I'm in. I may not be able to today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if not today, maybe maybe next weekend. Okay, next weekend. All right. So well, you got to plan ahead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that is going to be it for today's Friday Flight. We hope that you have a fantastic weekend. We've got a great episode lined up for you here on Monday. We're actually going to be speaking with a professional athlete, not a professional disc golf player, oh, a man. professional football player. And so we are looking forward to sharing that one with you 
here on Monday. And no, this is not the Tom Brady crypto episode, okay? <laughs> Somebody else with uh, much more balanced uh, personal finance views. That's right, man. Yep. So until next time, Joel. Best friends out. Best friends out. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.